Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Bill Press Show. It is the Bill Press Show. Happy holidays, everybody. We are not here live. We put this on tape just for you to enjoy while we are enjoying our holiday break, which we hope that you are having a great season as well. Uh, Around the holidays, we like to cut loose a little bit. We talk about a lot of very serious stuff here on the show. Uh, And just as often as we can, we like to bring in our buddy, Greg Engert. He is with the Neighborhood Restaurant Group, the beer director for the Neighborhood Restaurant Group, and he runs my favorite brewery in Washington, D.C., Blue Jacket. Uh, It's right here in Washington, D.C. in the Navy Yard neighborhood. Greg, good to see you. Good to see you too, bud. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. This is a great tradition that we have here on the show now, where uh, Greg comes in and he and he talks to us about uh, seasonal beers, uh, and this this season, of course, being Christmas, we're going to talk about Christmas beers. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, so this year, I, and normally I bring in kind of weirder beers, I think, than I did this year. I wanted to be feeling a little bit more classic. Craft beer, you know, there's, there's over 7,000 breweries in the U.S. today which is just crazy. New ones seem to open every day. Everyone's kind of pushing the envelope with lots of hazy IPA, uh, fruited sours, pastry stouts, and things like that. So it's, I feel like the industry's kind of starting now to turn back towards some of the classics. Yeah. Um, and, and one that I didn't bring that everybody should drink as much as possible over the next few weeks is Sierra Nevada <laughs> Celebration Ale. Oh, one yeah, of the yeah, greatest yeah. beers of all time. I've had five yes. this morning. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Just a prep. Um, Just pour it on uh, yeah. Here I go. You know, so, like, and, and so I think this is a cool time when um, the shelves are not just replete with those three styles I mentioned. We actually do see... Classic beers coming back around, um, and it's a good opportunity to drink uh, Belgian beer, for instance, that maybe yeah. you've gone away from over the last few years and things like that. But having said all that, of course, I had to bring an IPA to start, <laughs> and this is um, from well, Stone. I, I want to say really yeah. quick, so uh, yeah. Joe Piacenza from Morning Consult is here, Jack Jenkins from Religion News Service, two friends of the show, yep. are in here as well. Uh, they are beer drinkers, but as Have we been. were discussing... Yeah. Not a huge IPA fan. Not a huge IPA fan. I'm hoping you can convert me a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, this we'll is, see. it'll be interesting. This is the guy to do it. Okay. I was not a huge IPA fan, and I think that there's been a lot of changes in terms of how IPAs are made yeah, in yeah. recent years, yeah. but also, uh, you just got to drink the right IPA. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. I so, meanwhile, I'm an IPA fan, which surprises nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is it is funny because IPAs have long been the, uh, you know, the leader for the craft beer movement. They're the style that people have long brewed the most and drank the most. Mm. But over the past three or four years, the style has certainly changed uh, a little bit. So in the old days, IPAs were known for being very, very bitter. Um, you know, hops are known more for their bitterness rather than their, their flavor profile, uh, which is unfortunate. They always packed a lot of flavor. Mm. Um, but recently, brewers have been trying to figure out a way to get people like Joe to drink IPA. They figure, like, if most people like IPA... Um, why shouldn't we try to figure out a way that everyone can? So they mm-hmm. kind of took the bitterness out of the beer 
and mm. intensified the fruit-driven aromatics of the beer. Um, and that's what the hazy IPA yeah. style is. Uh. This is a little bit different. This is um, a brute IPA, which is even more newfangled. Um, still, is I've seen more and more of these. Of this, yeah. So yeah. this is like kind of the new thing. Some people say like, oh, well, this um, you know supplant hazy IPA. I don't think so at all. Um, it's clearly not hazy. It's called a brute IPA, and it's from Stone Brewing Company. Started in Escondido. They have a great brewery down in Richmond as well, and one in Berlin. Okay. Um, so they're an incredible um, operation that's that's worldwide mm-hmm. now. Uh, a brewed IPA is one that's supposed to be very aromatic and yet bone dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like champagne yeah. And, yeah. And very yeah. yeah. That's yeah. It. That, that was the first thing I was going to yeah. say. Is yeah. This that's is what just I'm that's completely what I'm dry. I, um, I like it. It has. It's it delicious. Has, it's, yeah. it's very delicious. And you can see that this one has more bitter th- bitterness than most because Stone is a West Coast brewery. First and foremost, and they make West Coast IPAs first and foremost, and those are the ones that tend to be more kind of bitter on the palate. So mm-hmm. this is has less bitterness than I think a lot of their beers do, but it's still there and still prevalent. Um, right. I wouldn't say this is dank. It doesn't smell like weed. It smells more like um, you know, it smells it's a little, a little bit, bit like piney. Weed. Yeah, it's a little resinous. Um, <laughs> I guess there, I, I yeah. see it. But um, but it's got a lot more like of that that fruit, like tangerine, citrus um, quality. It's not as most IPAs, the reason that I'm turned off by them is that they're really, 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 really hoppy. Right. And this one is just, it's just a little bit more subtle. It's, so- it's, it's nice. more subtle, it's yeah. softer. And I think that's kind of where the things have gone because bitterness is polarizing. Yeah. People love mm-hmm. it, um, but then people also hate it. I mean, more people drink it bitter things today than they used to. I, you know, like Fernet Branca has, has become yeah. the bartender's drink. Yeah, right? so, it's the bartender's shot. Yeah. It used to be Grand Marnier. So right, like, right, right, like right. orange sweet now to like bitter wormwood um but um it's a polarizing flavor so if you can find the <clears throat> the kind of softer nuanced um taste that in ipa kind of concentrate on those and, and get rid of some of that bitterness mm. you find that now it's like a style that's even more prevalent than it was before how mm. alcoholic is this this is actually mm. strong this is 9.4 but well hidden obviously <laughs> yeah, you, no, 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 that's a dangerous it, beer it right there it tastes kind of like a chugging beer so no, let me tell you a little bit about this um the enjoy by series it's very cool so freshness is key when it comes to most beer styles, kind of like wine. I mean, there's very few mm-hmm. wines that you should be laying down for extended periods of time. Definitely the same with beer. Um, you know, imperial stouts, Belgian strong ales, uh, things that are strong and dark can lay down and develop really nicely over time. Hoppy beers and crisp, refreshing beers should be drank as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best things about tap rooms uh, like Blue Jacket is you go in there and lost weekend cans that we have, Citra IPA, are, you know, they're like five days old at all times. Gotcha. I just want to say gotcha. again. Probably my favorite culture. beer. Yeah, yeah. probably a, my favorite beer. Full <clears throat> stop. Last so, week in the beer that you all make, and that's even less bitter than this beer. So if I walk into a tap room or uh-huh. any bar and they have something on tap, they have a, a variety of beers. It's it's smartest to go with something that's an IPA because that's going to taste better. And I could get Maybe. like a br- I could get like a brown ale in a can or in a bottle, and that would yeah, taste yeah, would about say, the same. I would say more so like first off, just just make sure you know what your what tap room you're in because sure. there's right. a lot of good. 7,000 breweries a lot of breweries. You know, there's a lot of good ones and there's a lot of bad ones. So, like, some of them just don't go in. But if you go into a reputable brewery, I would say, yeah, like, uh, maybe maybe try for a flavor that you couldn't reliably get on a 
Harris Teeter shelf or something like Got that. It. I think that's a Got cool it. idea. But IPAs, anything hoppy and anything crisp and refreshing like lagers and things like that is, should be fresh. Is this why the, the, the can culture, the group of people who would like go to an obscure you know brewery somewhere and line up to get the fresh cans of IPAs, is that yeah. the premise there? Is that it's best drink and drinking fresh? Like I that's think why they're there. It started there and uh, you know, like and that's the thing. I mean, you go to some of these grocery stores, like they have IPAs on the shelf that are 90 days old like mm. that's not good you know yeah. even though those are built to last more than say like a hazy ipa in a can um it started with that so people started going to try to get freshness the can thing i mean there's a lot of reasons why that has happened i think you know the 16 ounce can photographs really well it looks <laughs> awesome on instagram uh, i mean yeah. that, that really has a ton to do with that um it. and there's line culture it's a place where i mean honestly there's lots of like dads and moms that on the weekends, <laughs> ah, exactly. guilty as <laughs> we'll go into get in a line because it's a way to like be just. I'm just picking up some beer and like people will share beers in line whether yeah. it's uh-huh. legal or not. You hang out and kind of like, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Line culture, we could do a whole yeah, no, that's all show on that. It's a whole separate show. So when you say that's line culture, you're talking about people waiting, waiting in line. line. Yeah, to and there's tons of sociology behind it too. Like think of restaurants we have in DC, like Bad yeah. Saint and Rose's Luxury. Where they don't have reservations, although they're starting to add them now, or Himitsu, where oh, yeah. you can't you, you yeah. can't reserve. So the best you can do is somehow not work past the three o'clock, right? And go and wait in line and try to get in on the first um, turn on five at five thirty. Uh, anyway. I want to ask you this about this particular beer uh, and this particular style because I've seen more and more brute IPAs mm-hmm. out there. And and to be perfectly honest, this is the first one that I have had mm-hmm. of the brute IPAs. How does it get that distinction of a brute IPA? What so, sets yeah. it apart? So what, it, what what sets it apart is the dryness. And the, so basically, this beer starts off with um, a bunch of sugar, as all beers do. Mm-hmm. That's original gravity. The the final gravity is how much sugar remains in the beer, and through those two numbers, we can calculate alcohol by volume okay. or by weight. And um, this beer has basically no sugar left in it. It's completely yeah. fermented dry, which mm-hmm. is a feat in of itself because yeast has trouble converting all of the, the different sugars and starches that um, come through from from barley. So mm-hmm. there's probably some corn and rice in here with more simple sugars, but then we add a separate enzyme, um, amyloglucosidase, which breaks down um, the more complex sugars even further into simple sugars so that the yeast has no trouble kind of cleaning it out. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is. It's an extra enzyme added, gets it down, gets it bone dry, and now you're talking like champagne, right? Like yeah. fruit. Yeah. Champagne, bubbles, clean, refreshing, bright. Uh, and then, you know, enjoy buys. This is the thing they're saying don't drink this beer after the first of next year. They want, they're, oh, wow. they're, they're taking a huge gamble, and they have been for a long time saying, uh, we believe in freshness so much that we're going to actually put like an enjoy buy date. Right up front. Oh, the, yeah, it's, 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 it's literally code. like the logo yeah, yeah. is the yeah. enjoy the by code, ID. Yeah. That's so, amazing. you know, in the old days, brewers would put like these weird codes that you had to like, uh, you know, know, understand and like dissect <laughs> so that you could figure out just how old this shit was, you know? Um, and now it's, uh, it's, it's, they wrote it right on there. And it makes sense that they did a brewed IPA for New Year's enjoy by because, of course, that's the time when everybody breaks out the sparkling wine and things like that. So, oh, wow. did I tell you, did I tell you this guy had the biggest that. beer brain ever? It's like, amazing. he knows exactly what he was talking about. And, and, and I assume this is probably going to be a recurring theme given the kinds of beers we're about to drink, but this this reminds me of like a mountain. Like, it, it, the dryness makes it truly a winter beer to me to yeah. the point where it, it feels like yeah. I'm in like a <laughs> yeah. mountain brewery <laughs> in the Appalachians. Like, there's snow outside just drinking this it's wine. Alpine. Yeah. There it is. Well, it yeah, is. So, yeah. No, that, I mean, that's a very good description. I the, agree. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a cool beer. It's a great brewery. They've been doing these enjoy buys for a long time, and now they're starting to. They, it used to be just like a standard kind of West Coast big burly bitter 
um, double IPA. Mm-hmm. And then they started doing some haze. They've, I think they've done like a black IPA version. They're, every now and then they've done some with fruits. So they're kind of experimenting with the same base recipe. And then this is the first time they've done the brewed IPA, which is very, very, very cool. Um, just to have some um, variety for the season too. Not that we need more IPAs, but if you're hosting a holiday tasting or a party and there are some people who are going to come over and all they want is IPAs from cans. Yeah, but also don't be obnoxious and, and, and drink only IPAs from yeah, cans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> expand your horizons a little bit. I like an IPA from a can. I, I, yeah, like, I like all kinds yeah. of stuff. I would say, and on that note too, please pour, this has gotten away from the, this can culture, which I love, support, and frankly contribute to at Blue Jacket, sure. you know, our brewery. We, we, we can beers weekly, super fresh, 16 ounce cans, four packs. We love canned beer. However, if you have canned beer, please, please, please don't drink it out of the can if mm. you can. I mean, I get it. Like if you're on the road or like you, you know you're camping or something like <laughs> if that. You're driving. No, you can uh, <laughs> don't don't drink and drive. That's not responsible. Obviously, obviously that was a joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, sorry. Yeah, but you know if if you can, even if it's from cup. Or from glass, please drink. That's where you can actually access the aromas, which is 99.9% of taste. Um, mm. It's been something I've struggled to get people to do. When, when, when I first started in this business over 15 years ago, people would order a bottle or can, and I would try to go to pour it, and they'd be like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to pour it in a glass. you know. And they'd be like, it comes in a glass. So that's what I was doing. Oh, like, so we moved really towards you know trying to say, like, you know, we're not trying to be haughty about this, but... Please enjoy beer from glass, just like yeah. you would a wine or a spirit. Exactly. And it's now the beer time's so big, this can thing is kind of moving the needle the other way. So yeah. Anyways. Well, I drink my wine out of the bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I drink my wine with a straw. Yes. As long as you is can tell me that, then you can drink beer from can all day. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else we have? All right. Have? So next, 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 we're gonna move to a um, a really amazing um, Belgian brewery um, called Didola, which means mm. the Mad, the Mad Brewers. Nice. Um, this I is already really like cool it. Yeah, brewery it. from um, there we go. Essen, which is in West Flanders near Bruges. Oh, and this brewery is the brewery itself. The buildings are from the uh, early 19th century. Um, three generations brewed um, at the brewery until uh, like 1980, and then it was about to go out of business, like so many breweries. Whoa, hello, uh, in Belgium. Opa. There we and go. And this is uh, you can tell it's you can tell it's Christmas because it has a snowman on the on the exactly label. yeah. And Chris oh, yeah. Hertelier, um, who is the the owner and brewer at the brewery, is an amazing artist. So if you look oh. at any of the Didola uh, labels or their website, you will see this really cool. Um, sorry, oh, <laughs> I think we're getting paper towels. It's fine. You'll see this really amazing art. We're already having a good time here. Don't worry about that. Um, so. So what's the what's the style here? This is a strong. Um, oh, I like a, it already. A strong uh, ale. It's about twelve percent alcohol. Wow. Oh, hey, all right. <laughs> they, uh, uh, unlike a lot of Belgian strong ales, this one's not you know pitch black or dark in color. It's a little bit bright and light. It's um, a beautiful beer. Oh, it really, I mean, that this. is beautiful to look at. It has. Um, they brew it God, with this is good. a bunch of candy wow. sugar. Whoa! So that it like um, ferments. When you add candy sugar to beer, it's not to make it necessarily sweeter; it's What's, to increase the alcohol. Right. It's candy sugar versus just like simple sugar, oh. or like just like a simple sugar that okay. they use, but yeah. made for brewing. Um, it's typically wow. liquefied. What is that? That is a dangerous so it's like, beer. It's twelve percent, and it's big and bold. It starts off kind of sweet, malty, caramel, toffee toast, but then it also finishes dry. 
Yeah, um, because of that um, fermentation. So this isn't you know a hundred percent fully fermented, but uh, or it's fully attenuated. There is some sugar left, but it's not overwhelming. It's not flabby. It's not too sweet. The alcohol is there, but it mingles with the, with the malt character, so it's not like overwhelming. It's certainly not hot. We're not feeling it down here. No. Um, mm-hmm. And like all great Belgian beers, it has uh, a really uh, impactful and complex bouquet, like lots of of mixed fruits. Um, there's, uh, it's just an incredible beer. It's a, it even has a little bit of like an earthy funk to it. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it, it, there is some funk to it. And a lot of times you you see something with such a high uh, uh, alcohol level like that, and it does burn. Yeah, and this doesn't. And this, this is, is not burn at all. So it's weird. funky, but it's boy, is it delicious. Really, really cool. Yeah, I, I love sour beers, and this is just has a little bit of that. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they do like a mixed fermentation on these beers, where they'll have you know Saccharomyces, which is like the the ale yeast. Um. That provides all that fruit, mm-hmm. and then there t- tends to be because it's a small, old school brewery using. I mean, they're using 19th century brewing equipment uh, in this little town of 2,000 people um, in Belgium, in the west. So, like, uh, it's kind of rustic, you know. Even yeah. at the strength, there there is some kind of rustic complexity to it. You wouldn't get just by um, brewing on brand new stainless steel right, machinery right, and things right, like right, that. Right. So it's very very cool. And Chris, like I said, is an artist. He took over the brewery in 1980. He was a home brewer and wanted to salvage this incredible old brewery, didn't want it to go the way of so many little breweries in Belgium, uh, and started brewing. And they make a thousand, basically a thousand barrels a year, which is the equivalent of about 2,000 kegs. Wow. To put that in perspective, we do twice as much of that at Blue Jacket. Wow. Huh. This is such wow. a delicious beer. I, like, it's, it's just, it's really I, I adore this beer. And, yeah. and this feels like a holiday beer. Like that, yeah. you said, the sh- yeah. like it, it has this, has this, like you would, you would have like peppermint, you know, crackle or whatever with this, and then you drink this and just pass out. Like this would just be like a <laughs> bunch of sugar of in your system. Like exactly, yeah. this is yeah, yeah. this is great. It's it's taken a it's lot really of cool. will not to down, down that whole. Yeah. Glass. Go for it, have a ball. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the holiday. Yeah, you can get away with that stuff here. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, interestingly too, Dodola. I mean, I think this is based on you know just economics. They've always sold their beer. In you know these eleven point two ounce or three hundred thirty milliliter bottles, huh. they only do large seven fifty formats for a very few of their like barrel aged beers, and and mostly that stays in Belgium. They when they export bottles, it's always small format, which is interesting, right? I mean, it means that you don't have to drink one of these by yourself, which is right? Good. Right. Um, you can actually have this and just like taste it a little bit, and it makes it like for a more pro- approachable price point. You don't have mm-hmm. to like go all yeah. in. You can get like a small amount of it. So I think it's kind of cool. I love that. You know, the thing about this beer, I think uh, the best way that I could categorize it is it's very refreshing, which I don't always think about when I think about these heavier mm-hmm. holiday beers. Like I could, you know, after cutting the grass, come in and drink one of these. Yeah, yeah. And, be, and it's very, it's very refreshing that way. Yeah. That is the, that is. It. I mean, you know, I think the best Belgian beers are the this pure combination of like power and finesse. Mm. So you get like this huge intensity in the nose, but you're right. Like the body is lean. It's not overwhelming. It's not. You can drink it, and not sip it. Yeah. And a lot of that is is propelled by bottle conditioning. So in a similar way as champagne oh, no is, is bottle mm-hmm. conditioned. What they'll do here is, once the yeast is done fermenting the beer out and, and it's consumed all the sugars it's going to consume, they will dose each bottle or, or, or the tank that's going into the bottle with some more sugar mm. and another yeast that's very active. And so then when it goes into the bottle, um, they'll keep it warm and leave it in a warm room for you know six to eight weeks typically where a, a fermentation will kick off again in the bottle mm. and you'll get natural carbonation that's very like bright and lively and creamy 
uh, on the palate rather nice. than just you know injecting it with CO two like you right. know, like a soda gun or something right. like that. Right. Right. Yeah, right. so right. Right. Um, it's it's not as sharp. Like if you ever drink industrial lager, it it tastes really kind of like the the, the bubbles are big and sharp. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. that's not here. This is finesse. It's creamy effervescence, and it contributes to that. Great drinkability. That's kind of homebrewing style too, right? And how a lot of homebrewers get carbonation in there. Yeah, yeah, it can yeah. be for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just not as quick. So I think some homebrewers, you know, are just like <laughs> carb it real quick and then <laughs> choke it down. <laughs> um, but, um, well, this is delicious. Yeah, I mean, this was a delicious beer. I love that beer so far. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. I know we're going to move down the line here a little bit yeah. on beers uh, because I'm I'm not a huge fan of stouts and porters mm-hmm. out of season. Mm-hmm. Like, I will drink a stout and a porter only when it's winter. What is the difference between a stout and a porter? So that that difference has been um, blurred. The line has been blurred over time. But um, it's... In the old days, um, porter was a, a style of beer that was actually... It was dark in color, but would typically be a blend of aged beer and fresh beer, and so it would have some acidity to it. Huh. Uh, like the way this has a touch of acidity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it used to be, but it was always on the darker spectrum. And stout used to be just a designation for a stronger version of any style of beer. So you could have like a stout porter, you could have a stout pale ale. Yeah. Um, oh, in the same way that interesting, like mild is now... Something that we apply to a beer that's lower in alcohol, um, and like maybe we think of it as milder. In the old days, used to mean something that was just served fresh rather than something that was aged. So there's been a lot of like changes in 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 terminology over time. So stout porter, which used to be the stronger version of a dark beer, um, over time people didn't want acidity anymore, so they stopped blending in aged beer, so it's cleaner but still dark and roasty. And at that point, stout, being the stronger version of porter. Was off, you know, was kind of sold more and requested more, so it just became its own kind of style. It's interesting. Okay, yeah. But today, if I had to, if I truly, I think that what the distinction should be, although I can give you ten examples of a stout that doesn't follow this and ten of a porter that doesn't either, stouts tend to use more heavily roasted barley, so they tend to be a little bit more dry, heavily roasted and bitter. Yeah, I would say a stout is more like espresso, and a porter is more like latte. Oh, okay. In that, in that respect. Um, but Interesting. Again, there's lots of stouts that don't follow that rule. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Well, what else do we have here? All uh, right. And and actually, well, you know what? Because we just talked about stouts. Let's just, we'll do the blue jacket beer here. This is called Kingdom 2018. We just released it. We do a bottle club. Um, at oh, yeah. Jacket. Tell us about this ba- this it, bottle club. Yeah. And we, and we do still have um, some spaces left. It's a pretty exclusive club. It's called the Officers Club. And it's it's pricey. But you get, when you buy into it, you get a dozen bottles, so six different releases, two bottles of each, Ooh. of rare beer that nobody else gets. Uh, and, these are, and these are all barrel-aged beers. A lot of them are barrel-aged um, stouts. Some are, a lot, and then we have a lot of sour ales and things like that. So it's very, very, very cool. We do a couple of uh, big members-only parties um, for the club members. We just did one last weekend. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing way to taste some beers that we're really proud of and can only make in very 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 small amounts. I love a beer that looks like motor oil <laughs> when it's cold out. This is exactly. a great looking. Yeah, this is, this is, is it? it's I heavy like in the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this definitely yeah. feels heavier yeah. than the other beers that you pour. Getting a workout. Very volume to this. Very dark. And back to what I was saying before about gravity is like this oh, one starts at over thirty Play-Doh, which is incredibly high. Um, oh and gosh. finishes, though, at like 11 Play-Doh. So there's still a ton of sugar left in this beer, and that's what gives it so much mouthfeel and richness. 
Um, it is a this. Imperial Stout, thirteen percent alcohol. Okay, it's been aged yeah. in a. a host <laughs> yeah. You're really pulling out yeah. the double digits. Yeah. I'm ready to go fight somebody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. This so, is... uh, yeah, it's yeah. I realize that now that I probably should have mixed something them, else. In, none but... of them taste that way. They all yeah. they're all dangerous. Yeah, like, they're all like they're you, you don't the, you don't feel the, the back point, alcohol in your chest. Yeah. It's like, um, but um, yeah. The, so the, this is a blend of different bourbon barrels. We have a big barrel aging program. So we'll take a base out like this and put it in lots of different barrels, and then we'll start tasting them and blending them and seeing which ones work with wh which ingredients. That's so good. This one started its life as a, an imperial stout aged in Buffalo Trace barrels, George Dickel rye barrels, and Woodford Reserve barrels. It's lit. Blend wow. it up. It's lit. And then we finished it with cocoa nibs um, oh, and vanilla beans and then coconut. Wow. I can it is so coconut. good. This, no, no, this, this is, is, smell it. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is like so holiday. This is my drink in front of a fireplace and pass out beer. Yeah. With a goblet of this. Yeah. yeah like that is, Maybe some vanilla say, ice cream on the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be great. The one thing about it is that as I brought it in. Just put ice cream in it. Just have like a, like a float of it. It, didn't, it came up to temp well, but it's a little bit cold right now. So that's the okay. only thing I would say. This is typically even better at and like This is camp. a stout. Really? Yeah, yes. this is an imperial okay, stout. This is imperial stout. But we call it like it's kind of a sweet stout because mm -hmm. of how much residual sugars in it, but how much vanilla and coconut that we add to it to kind of round it out and make it very pastry dessert like. Yes. I and go so it. great with vanilla ice cream I and things love like that. It. I'm not a big sweet beer or even sweet like drink person. I don't like sweet cocktails. Oh, this is, is amazing. Yeah, so good. Yeah, this is oh. so good. This wow. is delicious. This is amazing. It's it, it, I, I think this like it, it's not a sweet style, but this is a perfect dessert beer. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Mm -hmm. Like skip dessert and have this. Yes. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's it's uh yeah, it's it's a really cool cool beer and we love making them um and uh yeah so the, the bottle club that we do uh is is one of the ways to get some of these beers although we do release some others to the general public as well question yeah, could could, can you, could anyone buy this right we now? actually sold a very be... limited amount of this um okay. at the brewery i think we may have a few bottles left but okay. yeah gotcha noted yes noted, noted. <laughs> um How, you're gonna have to get there before i do <laughs> yeah, <laughs> noted. Like, um so do these take longer to brew than the average like say ipa or is it like a different kind of process i'm so, curious yeah, so, about um it's interesting to brew this beer. We actually we boil it for about four hours. A typical boil for a beer is sixty minutes. Oh wow! Hour. Okay. This one we do at four hours because the longer Whoa. you boil it, the more you intensify the the liquid. Oh no! You're kidding. Boiling off water. So if you huh. want to get big, rich flavors, one of the ways we do that is by a long boil. So we oh, do add boy. some time there. Um, also, when you do that, though, you're you're shrinking the size of the beer. Mm. So typically, we'll brew two batches to make a full batch. Oh, wow. um, so that's kind of a longer process, just because of fermentation. Yeah, it just keeps yeah. going, and then fermentation takes longer because it's got to the yeast has got to just eat more sugar and go up. So that's probably mm -hmm. you know a couple weeks of fermentation versus normal like week. And then even if we wanted to serve this beer without a barrel aging treatment, we would have to give it, in my opinion, six to eight weeks in tank, just so all mellow and it would become smoother and, and more rounded. So yeah, it takes a lot longer to make. But in this case, I mean, this this beer sat in, in bourbon barrels for like uh, nine months. Wow. So yeah, so we brewed this last year and it takes even longer. It's a masterpiece. Um, it's amazing. And I think that, you know, this is one thing I would say, I love, that's a great question. And I think a lot of times we take, myself included, beer for granted. Yeah. We see something on the shelves and like, because, you know, my dream 15 years ago was that craft beer would be one day be ubiquitous and now we've got what we want. But the trade-off is with that is that 
kind of take it for granted. So if you're like walking down the Whole Foods aisle and there's barrel aged stouts aplenty, you're just kind of like, oh, I've had that one. Had that one. <laughs> Dude, like that brewer just like spent yeah. like three good years on that beer. They're very proud of it. There's like 10 bottles in the city. Yeah. Wow. But it becomes less special in some ways. So it's a good reminder to think about these things rather than just. You know, ticking them off on huh. untapped or something. But you know, a, a, a beer like this, which has so many different moving parts to it, right? And yeah. it took so long to get to this point in the bottle. You can tell. You yeah, can really yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could absolutely tell it's that there the was a lot of effort that went into this beer. Totally. This isn't just a one-off, you right. know. And you couldn't you couldn't not create the flavors. That's the point about well, about craft brewing in general. Anything craft based is that. It's a flavor first mentality. Rather, mm-hmm. when faced with the choice of should I do this, this, and this and make this much money and not really care about the flavor, or do that, that, and that and maybe not make any money but create something that's beautiful, uh-huh. you go with the latter over the former. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. and what you find as you chase that path is that you get flavors in this beer we could not create but for this year long maturation mm-hmm. and this, like, just hundreds of pounds of coconut that we added to it. You know what I mean? So it's like right. cost and time, um, but to get something that you could not create otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's Gosh, excellent. this is just such a good Yeah, beer. it's excellent. Okay, I think we have one more on the list. One more. Before I pass yeah. out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I love the idea of having a lot of stouts, especially in the winter, and I'd love for DC to replicate something that I know happens in Boulder, because I lived in Boulder for a little bit, which is stout month. <laughs> so every February, all the breweries there, and you can't create. you can't like throw a dead cat without hitting a brewery. Like, right. Yeah, sure. Right. Right. Um, they put up like four or five stouts. Where it's just like, yeah, it's a good saying. Right? It's a great saying. <laughs> I throw a lot of dead cats. I so throw I appreciate a lot of right? dead cats. Yeah. Um, uh, they have maybe four or five new stouts every February. Incredible! It's amazing. And as someone who really loves dark, heavy Boulder beers, has been, uh, yeah, making amazing beer for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Avery Brewing yeah. Company. Is, oh, they're great. Uh, yeah, they're delicious. Yep, they're wonderful. Them. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Now, what is this one? So this is. St. Bernardus Christmas Ale. Oh, it's yes. probably the most uh, you know, available of the, the beers that I brought today. Ooh. And also, you can see right away, it's got the same bottle conditioning. That's why it was also corked and caged. Yeah. Um, but you see that creamy effervescence. Very, very cool. And it's is more of a classic, what you think of when you think of um, Belgian holiday beers. Dark, I'm glad we 10%. Brought- uh, yeah, I'm glad we brought the alcohol down a little bit. It's, yeah, only, it's, only, it's only 10%. Oh gentle on the, on the, on the I see it's an Abbey Ale, so yeah. obviously I'm going to notice yeah, that Abbey part. Ale, which means it's not made by monks, but like, uh, but it wants to it's, it's, it's in the style well. of that. Jack, we, we brought you in purely. Yeah. Jack writes for the Religion News Service. It's, it's made by monks. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, this is, it's a whole style of beer that you know any oh, number of yeah, monks yeah, yeah. and religious orders had been working on for a long time because it was praying and making beer, apparently. Yeah, that's um, a delicious beer. Yeah. And, uh, yes. Delicious beer. Oh. Yeah, that's that's Isn't that good. Yeah, it's light. And what's what's really cool is, um, you know, a lot of holiday beers are spiced. That's kind of how they've been differentiated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's with orange peel or coriander or, or cinnamon or ginger, you know, all sorts of things. Um, this is not spiced at all. The the flavors that you come, that are in this beer come from uh, the malt, the hops, and the yeast that's employed. Wow. Mm. So it that. is spicy. I mean, it smells like minty. It smells yeah. peppery. Yeah. I mean, it does have the. I mean, it does have the spiciness to it that you were talking about, but it's not like an like a like a punch to the head. It has, yeah. You can tell it's it's generated it's phenol um, character generated from the fermentation, mm. but uh, you get a lot of ester too, like the fruity character. It's it's raisins, 
It's plums. Yeah. It's a little bit of like overripe banana, but it's also apricot. Mm. Um, and, and that's what's cool about it. It's like dark beer, but it has a lot of bright flavors. Yeah. To it, yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Really, really cool. Full and rich on the palate. Again, finishing dry without being bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, an amazing uh, beer that it, it's just too easy to drink. It's so yeah. silky and smooth yeah. and like, and Moorish. You just want to keep going. It is definitely too easy. Yeah, this is definitely running theme today. Stark contrast is, to the stout, though. Yeah, it's, it's a very different of, thing. Yeah, yeah, and this is almost like English, um, like uh, fruit cake. Uh, mm-hmm. In a glass, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this that's a, yeah, that's a really yeah, that's a really good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. I also yeah. also love the quote on the bottle: "Bringing heavenly nectar within reach." Um, love heavenly support nectar. That. I that. love heavenly nectar. I love heavenly nectar. This brewery's got an amazing history uh, to it, and uh, they're one of the best breweries in Belgium. And a brewery that is like, delicious, like Sierra Nevada, which I mentioned before. And the cool thing about craft beer is that you can grow and maintain quality. Um, and craft, right? Sierra Nevada um. produces a million barrels a year, but that celebration ale is just as good as it did um, back in the mid-'80s when they introduced it. You know what wow. I mean? Same yeah. with these guys. They, they, they're doing about 40,000 hectoliters, which is similar <coughs> to barrels. And, um, you know, that's big for a Belgian brewery, but the beer tastes just as great as it always has. So they're able to make more, get it to more people, and yet still have these incredible, complex, craft-driven flavors. How could you say no to this monk with a Santa hat on? I mean, <laughs> how could you blindly not, <laughs> not buy into the Christmas spirit with sure. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It this, screams Christmas. So this brewery, too, they, so uh, really cool history. So monastic brewing, as we know it in Belgium today, there's six brewers. Uh, Chimay is probably the most well-known. Sure. Um, but Westmala was the first to kind of revive brewing by monks in Belgium um, shortly before Belgium even became a country in the mid-19th uh, century. So a lot of you know Catholic monks fled France uh, during the Napoleonic Wars, settled under Dutch protection in what would become Belgium. And so they started brewing again at that point. So this is 19th century stuff. West Valetteren, which is the tiniest little monastic brewery in the world, you have to go to the monastery to get their beer, uh, was brewing until the Second World War, and afterwards they were like, we want to spend more time praying and less time um, supporting ourselves through commercial endeavors. Same. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, same. And so they, they, had, they, they outsourced their brewing to a brand new brewery that used to be a cheesemaker, uh, cheese and still is, called St. Bernardus. This is 1946. For wow. the next 46 years, St. Bernardus brewed all of the monastic beer under contract for the monks. Uh, but then in wow. the early 90s, people really started to get into... Um, like beers like Chimay and Rochefort. Right. And so the Trappist monks, the, the sect Trappist from the Benedictines down. through Cistercians, you know what I'm talking about. Dude, this is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy knows his stuff. This is yeah, great. Yeah. Go ahead. I um, love Greg. Yeah. So the Trappist created this insignia to start protecting their beer and saying, like, we, it's a special thing. Don't, we, and then they took it back. So they said, you guys can't brew Westville and beer anymore because you're not Trappist monks. We're going to brew it again. And the St. Bernard's like, that's fine. But we're going to continue to brew the beer just mm-hmm. under a different name. Yeah. So if you see like St. Bernardus Act 12, which is all over the place, that used to be the Westville Lettering 12 beer. Um, so yeah, so there, I mean, these, this is the monastic beer produced by secular people. Um, but in that tradition, this beer was produced for the first time, the Christmas ale, in 2007. So it's still like kind of relatively new yeah, for them. Yeah. Um, and it's just uh, remarkable. It only comes out once a year and it's delicious. Y'all well, thought we were just going to talk about, you know, how delicious the beer was. But what, like that, you, history, history, you, just, you just gave me a, a, a pitch to give my editor. Like yeah. that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Like we should go on we're making connections. Yeah. <laughs> we're making connections here. Well, look, whether or not you're drinking beer over the holiday season or whether or not you just want to give your friends and family a history lesson, 
while they are over for the holidays. Uh, we've got you covered here on the Bill Press Show, Greg Angert. Uh, if you're look, if you're anywhere near Washington D.C., come to visit Greg at Blue Jacket, his great brewery here in town. Uh, also, thank you very much. Or Greg. Church Key, our Church Key, yeah, or any of the other great neighborhood restaurants. It's restaurant going to be groups. ten years old next year. No, Crazy. It, the, <laughs> the, one of the best beer bars of the nation. Thank you, yeah, yeah. Uh, Church Key. Also, Joe Piacenza for Morning Consult. Jack Jenkins for the Religion News Service. Thank you all so very much for being here. Have a very, very, very merry Christmas and a happy holiday. And we'll see you again with more programming over this Christmas week. Cheers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.